0: Hello, my name is Chris Ryan. My name's Andy Greenwald. And we are the co-hosts of The Watch, a pop culture podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. We are on Mondays and Thursdays.
1: We mostly talk about TV, movies, music, pop culture. Jeremy Renner, house flipping, the papacy, Reese Witherspoon dancing at wedding videos. We used to talk about Kanye
0: West. He's in the, he's in the like timeout corner right now, though. We
1: never, ever talked about Christine Baranski.
0: You can listen to The Watch on Mondays and Thursdays on SoundCloud, iTunes, anywhere you get podcasts. Subscribe now. And thanks for listening, it's a good hang. Welcome to Bachelor Party, I'm Juliet Littman. It's six weeks into ne- next season. And i'm feeling a lot better than many of these women today my guest is mr trey kirby from NBA tv welcome trey
1: thank you so much for having me i couldn't be more excited
0: <laughs> i'm very happy to have you here i know that you're big in the reality tv space we're going to talk about the bachelor but i actually i know that you are a uh, avid vanderpump rules fan as well are you still watching
1: am i still watching of course i mean last night was a little different uh tnt now does Monday night NBA games which is really throwing a wrench into my reality TV viewing for Mondays. <laughs> so now i got to deal with watching basketball which is my actual job but then i still got to dip into The Bachelor. So unfortunately that often pushes uh, Vanderpump to Tuesdays because you know you've got to say something a-, a little bit and it takes a little bit longer to watch The Bachelor so Vanderpump is usually the first to go in in the slot for when it's supposed to be watched, but yeah, I'm loving it. Loving Jackson's year, you know, he's just so
0: fresh-faced. He, I, I recently went to Sir and they were playing um, season one of Vanderpump Rules on the TV on mute and like in the background like at the bar and Jax looks like a different person he he really it's like when a rookie transforms for entering the league to like the end of their third year he just like is so much more built it's it's kind of crazy he looks a lot older but like not because he's aging quickly but just because he has so much more like muscle and like just like mass
1: oh definitely they show replays on the show or flashbacks all the time yeah. and Jax looks like he's 20% bigger than he used to be. But I guess that's good because, you know, last season, I would say he was probably 25% bigger than he used to be. He's trending the right way. It's like LeBron at the end of his first Cleveland uh, stint was humongous. He was like, I don't know, 280 pounds. Then yeah. he tapered back down to his Miami weight. And, you know, now he looks like a normal person. I think Jax has finally found that sweet spot. Happy for him.
0: <laughs> I'm just bummed that Jax wasn't on The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. He would have been amazing as on a Bachelor like on a group date, he just would have been so great. I, I think we were robbed. Like, obviously, I'm happy to have him on Vanderpump, but he could have been an all-timer in the Bachelor franchise. Oh, yeah.
1: He would have been a legend. Bachelor Paradise every single year, probably.
0: Oh, he... A he, real
1: missed opportunity. But, you know, he's the MVP of the Vanderpump rules sometimes.
0: It's true. He could be the, the bartender in paradise, perhaps. That'd be a great crossover. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. Um, all right. Let's talk about this week's episode. I would venture to say it was the worst one of the season, yet I still enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, you know, really emotional, I yeah. guess. Um, <laughs> but uh, it also seems like once they they showed that Corinne, Danielle, and Rachel had roses from the previous week, that to me was like, that's Nick's top three. It's going to be hard to really break into that. So I wasn't totally surprised to see him sending girls home willy-nilly. You I know. I not expecting it to happen. But um, and- I also feel like he probably is just so easy for them to read that that's why it gets so frustrating.
0: Yeah, So so – I saw on Twitter someone made a really good point, which was um, this is six weeks into the show and they start filming at the end of September. So it's possible that this is the week that the election happened. And I was just wondering, like, do they know about what's happening in the world while they're on the island of St. Thomas? Like, is it possible that there's so much like chaos, like there's so much like chaos with the usual structure and like Nick just sending women home because like he's been thrown for a loop because of the election? It's like it's kind of weird to think about it in those terms because chaos hits The Bachelor the same week that it's like probably that it's hitting America. I was like, huh, I re- I wonder what they know here. But um, that was kind of like, just sort of like trying to like read between the tea leaves. There was actually quite a bit of material to work with, with the actual group date itself. Um, everything. Yeah, like-
1: definitely. I haven't heard that conspiracy theory, that now that you mentioned it, I 100% buy it because it's <laughs> a pretty tumultuous week for everyone. So I wouldn't be surprised to see the reverberation months later in St. Thomas of all places. I know.
0: Nick was really fired up to go to St. Thomas. The most emotion I've ever seen, or excitement, I guess, the most excitement I've ever seen Nick display was when he told the women they are going to St. Thomas. He like said it like he was a PA announcer, and he's like, and we're going to the island of St. Thomas! It was like his Oprah moment or something. Yeah,
1: definitely. It felt like a major announcement from the St. Thomas Tourism Board. I know. Never have I heard somebody so excited to announce the location.
0: <laughs> and later in the episode, Vanessa like did some deep research into the island of St. Thomas. She was like, "Guys, I just learned a fun fact: this island, until a hundred years ago, was at it was like owned by the Dutch, and then it was annexed." I don't remember who she said previously owned it, but it was really, really um, unprecedented historical moment for this show. <laughs> um, yeah, but- just
1: a random offhand point about the historical ownership of a certain island nation. You don't hear it very often on The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, and you can see why because it didn't go over too well in uh, the little chat setting they had. Everybody was just kind of like, "Hey, great fact!" Yeah, cool for that fact.
0: Cool, Vanessa. And also, I just want to point out they have no access to the internet while they're there. Like, there's no, there's no. You're not sitting there with your phone. So that that fact had to be fed to Vanessa. There's no way she could have just like known it or whatever, unless she was like reading some tourism material that was like left in the room but that would still count to me as being fed to Vanessa, and that was like ridiculous
1: yeah Um, maybe they left out a conspicuous bit of a uh saint thomas fact just a list of things hey maybe you can mention this sometime you know
0: you're 100 for us the big one yeah absolutely okay so they go to saint thomas and um there's a group date well first there's a one-on-one with christina but we'll come back to that Let's talk about the group date. This week, I'm very happy to have you here because it was a very athletic-focused uh, group date where Nick plans a day at the beach for, I believe, it's six women. So naturally, the date devolves into a game of beach volleyball. Trey, have you ever been excited to play a com- competitive sport when you've just like gone to the beach hoping to relax for the day?
1: Huh. i would be a good question. Probably at some point I have. But in general, when you're getting into playing a sport at the beach, to me, it's just, hey, let's have fun. Let's, you know, be silly. Have some laughs. There's not somebody just judging you watching who's the best volleyball player. You know, you're just uh, seeing who can do the sickest jump catch into the ocean or whatever.
0: Right. So um, glad you brought that up. I would also be into like some kind of jumping into the ocean or like something that's more like – boat focused but while this date began on a boat they the the the, the real meat of it occurs like at some beachside park where they end up playing beach volleyball and i don't know if it was like cheap or why they chose this location but i would venture to say it is one of the um worst beachside parks i've ever seen it was like (laughs) it was like um they dropped sand in the middle of like a grassy patch it was it was very strange to me like that just didn't really scream out like ideal conditions for beach volleyball and they were they were next to the beach they weren't even really on the beach that that's like you know it seems like a missed opportunity for even more drama for like someone falling in the water or something like that it was just it was just really yeah stupid. definitely
1: or you know if you're playing beach volleyball one of the key components to me is that somebody's got to always be chasing the ball into the water <laughs> and like you said we didn't really hardly even see water when they were at their their beach volleyball setting no it was just plopped in the middle of a forest i guess probably you know for sound and all these various production reasons but it didn't look like a super tropical beach setting. It's like a, you know, you just find a nice park. in I'm in Atlanta. Maybe you find a really green park, throw some sand on it. Hey, we're at a volleyball court now, I guess.
0: Yeah, it it, it kind of could have been anywhere, which was ridiculous. Except for I'm glad you mentioned the um, poor sound design. I felt like for this entire episode, you could hear the ocean waves even when you weren't supposed to. It was kind of <laughs> it, it was kind of like the the mics are picking up too much. I don't know. It's it seemed like. um there were some problems with the sound. Perhaps I'm reading too much into Yeah, that. producers
1: have the gain turned up way high on account of uh, the state top tourism board. They're like, make sure you focus on our crashing waves. <laughs> we got some of the best waves.
0: We got, we got the best waves out here. Um, <laughs> so, so the game turns into a three-on-three, but only after they do shots. And I think we see at least women doing two shots each. Uh, for, so basically, it's not even like pre-gaming beach volleyball. It's like the pre-game... It's like the game is the post game. The beach volleyball is the post game, and the shots are like the actual game didn't really seem like an ideal way to start to start it up. But um whose moves impressed you the most with their with the beach volleyball?
1: <laughs> whose moves impressed you yeah. most? Uh, I can't remember exactly who it was, but I did see one pretty solid bump early on. I think other I- than that, it was a lot of overhand, uh, double axe <laughs> handle maneuvers.
0: I'm pretty sure that was Rachel. And I would say Rachel yeah. was the best one. Rachel is clearly a good athlete. First of all, she was a really good dancer in this in the line last week. And she, mm-hmm. and she uh, seemed the most competent this week as well, which, which she was one of the first effectors. Ultimately, this beach volleyball game became a disaster, probably because they were drunk, but also because all the women were like, why the fuck am I playing beach volleyball when I could just be hanging out with Nick? And Rachel was one of the first ones. And I think this is really important because who – if, if I was like Trey, who do you think would be the best at beach volleyball? Like, who would you have said?
1: Yeah, I probably would have picked Rachel. Like you're saying, she hmm. seems like she's athletic. She was the one, if I'm not mistaken, who knew who Michelle Carter was right away. And that's kind <laughs> of a deep cut of Olympians. It's true. Um, she also just seems like she's really good at everything. Like I was impressed with her moves in the in the dance line. So I I wouldn't be surprised if she was the best one, but. Also, she kind of peeled out super quickly, which is surprising. If you're the best one, there you might be okay with the competition.
0: <laughs> well, I, Rachel seems just supremely too normal. I think that's like part of, part of her problem. But I was going to say that I feel like Jasmine should have should have been the best. And I guess we also should not be the surprise that she wasn't the best because Jasmine's a professional dancer, and if Dancing with the Stars has taught us anything, it's so that there's a lot of overlap between dancing and athletic ability. Um, Yet Jasmine didn't win the dancing competition with the Backstreet Boys. And she certainly did not win this group date. Like I would say, you know, she ended up getting sent home. So that's the opposite of opposite of winning if there ever was one. But um, I'm just disappointed. Like Jasmine's been around athletes for her whole professional career. She was with the Dallas Cowboys as a dancer. She was with the Golden State Warriors as a dancer. And I just think she's like really letting down her former colleagues. I, I, I would be upset if I were a member of either of those organizations
1: no definitely I I don't know her confidence just must be crushed right now after losing out on the Backstreet Boys date that had really a shaker we know she's having problems with the way she was connecting with Nick once you're in your head with regards to the even athletic competition there's no saying what's going to happen out there which is too bad because she was complaining the whole time about not having enough time with Nick so go out there smash some balls on the other girls faces you know get in the stand, make some digs uh, and then <laughs> win your time with Nick but uh I don't know. Just to you know, after that crushing Backstreet Boys loss, who knows what's going to happen when you take the field
0: the next time. She, um, she had a, a crushing mistake, which was she pushed Corinne over and you just can't let the villain be victimized. Like you can't put Corinne in a position to like be right or have someone feel bad for her, for feel bad for her when she's already like the villain. And to me, that was Jasmine's biggest mistake. Uh, Although oh, definitely.
1: You can't make her look good and yourself look bad. That's the complete role reversal that you do not want right. to have, especially this late in the game.
0: Exactly. She's it showed no tactical foresight whatsoever. Um, <clears throat> and in general, Jasmine just had a total breakdown on this episode. So she was pretty upset that she didn't get to have a one on one yet, which is understandable. Week six, you're the only one who hasn't got one. Safe to say, you're in trouble at that point. But um, Jasmine, after the game, it just escalated to a whole other level for her where she was just pissed and she was ready to let Nick know. Uh, let's listen to her say it in her own words. Nick, we've done this. Come on now.
1: And asked him last week when he was like, be patient, be patient.
0: And I'm like, I'm being patient. How patient can you be? I'm ready. Come on, where is he? Oh, hello. Raven, would it be okay if I stole yeah. you? Are you kidding me? It's like, do you still see me? Am I there? I just feel like, why'd you bring me here to St. Thomas? I've been to St. Thomas. I don't need to be here. And that's just making me angry. So I'm going to tell him straight to his face, don't you dare overlook me. Don't you dare overlook me. <laughs> uh, I just want to say you could hear it in that clip. The sound design was very poor. When they're not doing their interviews, <laughs> the waves are just so loud. <laughs> Shout out to the Saint Thomas Board of Tourism. Um so that is the beginning of Jasmine's final breakdown. She follows up that that uh threat of I'm going to let him know by then getting her one-on-one time with Nick where she proceeds to do something like fairly appalling. Um do you remember what she does?
1: Are you talking about threatening threatening to strangle
0: him? Yes, threatening to strangle him and like <laughs> vaguely acting it out. She like put, she puts her hands on his neck.
1: Yeah, she put her hands on his neck after asking two or three times, Julia wanted me to strangle you. And him blatantly saying, No, no, I'm not into that. I'd rather not do that right now. Still went for the stranglehold move.
0: I was, it was pretty, uh, shocking and nick nick was not happy she said to him at one point like do you understand what i'm trying to say and he was like i um, kind of like he was just so out on her it was incredible he nick is a great bachelor because he can't keep any of his emotions off his face so just by look like, whenever there's a tight shot on his on his head like you know exactly what he's thinking have you noticed that
1: oh yeah exactly right you see him and you see him walk into any one-on-one situation whether it's just a oh, little well sit and chat or they're out on a date or they're having their dinner dancing with some musician no one's ever heard of and you know the second you see him whether it's going to be a good interaction or a bad interaction and if we're seeing that you know months afterwards after tons and tons of editing i'm sure if you're just sitting and thinking about this guy all day you see him and you can tell immediately that he's probably not into me it must just be impossible to keep your wits about yourself but then oh yeah you have to try and keep your wits about yourself for 14 hours at a time
0: right and Nick is, just seems, like, kind of incapable in of, of keeping it inside. And we knew that about him. Like, that was his MO on The Bachelorette. Like, whatever he was thinking or, like, whatever he wanted to do, like, he just went for it. And that's why he, that's why he's good TV. But this week, it's kind of resulting in him being a dick. Like, he ultimately gets rid of Jasmine um, after she tries to fake strangle him. Which, okay, who could, who could blame him? I mean, <laughs> would you keep that girl around? <laughs> but, um... Uh,
1: yeah, I guess if I was getting fake strangled after telling her not to fake strangle me... <laughs> That's a, a fireable.
0: So. She yeah, she she would have to go, but he he clearly was never going to be into her, and he and if he was, I, I don't know why she got to go from New Orleans to St. Thomas. Like maybe that must have been a producer decision. Because like, can was there another moment you can po- point to where you are like, yeah, Jasmine and Nick have potential.
1: Yeah, exactly right. Uh, when she didn't win the Backstreet Boys, didn't get to have that dance. That's when you knew it was going downhill for Jasmine. They didn't really ever have much of a connection which i think is exactly what played out on this week's episode they didn't really have anything she wanted there to be something and he clearly didn't
0: yeah there there was just nothing there it was it was just time for jasmine to go I, i'm kind of bummed out though i thought that she could have gone further i mean this, I guess, yeah i had, had a
1: for her at the beginning of the season too mostly because like you're saying she is involved with the nba so i thought it'd be great maybe <laughs> we could be able to work it into the show somehow but uh Wasn't meant to be.
0: Have you encountered any Warriors personnel who who know her or like have commented on her?
1: Uh, I haven't, but um, if they make the finals this year and I get to go to the finals, that will be my first question. I'll be trying to track her down.
0: (laughs) Well, will you be going to All Star in New Orleans?
1: Oh, yeah, I will. You'll maybe, have, uh, maybe she'll show up as the
0: Warriors representative for the dancing. Yeah, well, there's that. And also, um, Steve Kerr and his staff will be there. So even if you don't want to ask Steve Kerr, maybe, you know, what about Bruce Frazier? Just be like, hey, remember that dancer? She was on The Bachelor.
1: Yes, that's, that'll take their mind off the game, which I'm sure they'll
0: appreciate. <laughs> you know, I just a suggestion, Trey. Just trying to help you do your job I'll a little do some bit. Research. Yeah, I would really appreciate that. We a couple weeks ago on this podcast, we were wondering if um, there's like a Warriors group watch. Like, do they get together? Uh, are they like are they following what Jasmine's doing? She was only with the dance team for one year. It was last season. So I'm also kind mm. of I'm kind of sad for her because I mean she didn't get a ring.
1: Oh, that's too bad. I know. Been a tough it's been a tough year for Jasmine. No <laughs> ring in the in the finals, no ring on the bachelor.
0: Just taking owls all over the place. And now now she's gone. I, I have a feeling I don't know if she go if she goes to Paradise. I don't really see it for her.
1: Uh yeah, you, know, you know, she she beats I think Strangling definitely is a point in her favor for going to Bachelor in Paradise. Maybe she put enough uh, personality <laughs> on the line in the past couple episodes to, to make a late push.
0: <laughs> that is true. That is possible. Um, coming out of this group date, uh, I believe Raven got the rose. And Raven's like really a dark horse right now. She um, gives She gives good interview. So she gets a lot of like narration moments, but we don't see her with Nick that often. Who do you think should we have got... We didn't even
1: see her get the rose, am I right? Yeah, like they just went back from break. And they're like, oh, so wait, we've got the rose.
0: Yes. Van- <laughs> Vanessa, exactly. I I couldn't remember. And I was re-watching and I was like, oh, right. Vanessa, the only way we know is because Vanessa told us. Um, I have a feeling a lot was cut out of this group date. Like this this whole that the whole portion from, you know, getting to the beach to the end of that cocktail party just seems like a lot was missing. Mm-hmm. Because we just didn't see pretty much anything like we actually didn't see nick interacting with any of, of these women except for like at the cocktail party um yeah definitely
1: it was all the place with go sad shops of everybody sitting 10 feet away from each other being sad on their own yeah
0: do you know you know sometimes when you drink like sometimes it can result in like a really like fun like exultant feeling but it also can go really wrong like if you have too much like of a certain kind of liquor and like you just cry in the corner
1: yeah, it's a, it's a risky move to have a lot of the day based around being outside in the sun drinking. Yeah. It could go perfectly or it could go helpless.
0: And by the end of the date, like by the end of the day, the end of the beach volleyball, the sun had clearly gone away and it was really cloudy. And it just sort of was like the weather mirrored the mood on the date that everyone was just kind of like really bummed out and sad. And all the women are like turning on Nick it's similar to last yeah, season it
1: was, uh, once the, the, the clouds started rolling in he should have known something was bad on the way <laughs> portentous omen for sure
0: once again I just want to say shout out to St. St. Thomas Board of Tourism that's like some really good metaphoric weather I love I love it um,
1: <laughs> yeah you just like that all the time no matter what your mood is you know, the weather is mirroring
0: it yeah this is incredible. similar this is similar to Ben's tropical group date last season when they went swimming with the pigs which I found to be disgusting. Um <laughs> it was the week that Jojo kind of got pissed at him and was giving him was like kind of like icing him out which was a great strategy by Jojo. Um and <laughs> it just seems like this week this the week of of like I guess they were down to 9 when they got to St. Thomas is like the diciest week for the bachelor because There's clearly like some women he's into and some who are just totally superfluous. And figuring out how to still seem like the nice guy on TV while keying in on the women you actually like is obviously impossible because Nick was crying. I think Ben cried this week, last season. It just is like very difficult to do. And
1: I guess you're kind of on, in a weird way, your first real couple trip, right? You're Mm -hmm. going to St. Thomas in this scenario. So there's just a little more spots you're seeing. At this point, now there's six. There were nine. That's not as many people around. It's obvious with uh, Nick who he's into. So if you're seeing him more and more often with the girls that he actually really likes, that's got to be tough. And then I guess that's how everybody ends up crying.
0: After this week, who's your front runner?
1: Uh, I think it's Rachel, actually. Really? I've liked her since the beginning. (laughs) I don't know if it'll stick out. My top three, I think, are Corinne, Danielle, and and rachel Wow, um, I think towards Rachel, the way they were vibing in New Orleans was pretty
0: cool yeah he, he seemed into her I'm curious about why you think Danielle M. is a front runner but first let me tell you about Kopari if you're like me the shelf space in your bathroom is precious real estate and that's why I'm excited to introduce you to a line of beauty products that's as great at multitasking as you are it's called Kopari made with 100% organic coconut oil, Kopari products moisturize your skin and hair without any sulfates, silicones, GMOs, or parabens. Plus, their great aroma and non-gritty texture allow them to be applied from head to toe. Honestly, they should have the stuff on The Bachelor. I'm sure they could have a field day with it. Some of my favorite Kopari products include the Coconut Sheer Oil, which is a perfect light facial moisturizer. And hey, it's winter right now. I know that you have dry skin. This could be just what you need. There's also the Coconut Balm for intense soothing and smoothing a super dry skin. The Coconut Crush Scrub that buffs you beautiful. The Original Coconut Melt, a premium 100% organic unrefined coconut oil that melts on touch. And finally, the Coconut Body Glow that gives you a natural all-over shimmer. I don't know why they don't just hand this out to The Bachelor. I know it would be good for them to have, especially when we're on these group dates they need some more attention. So if you're planning to go on The Bachelor or you just have dry skin or you just want to have the best skin and hair of your life, say aloha to Kopari. Go to KopariBeauty.com slash Bachelor to get 20% off your order. And that's Kopari. K-O-P-A-R-I Beauty.com slash Bachelor for 20% off. So Danielle M., huh? You think that she's got some lasting potential?
1: Well, I don't know. She just seems to me to be a little bit different character than the rest of the girls. The one knock on her I would say, is that it doesn't seem like she has a big personality, which is something he said that he's looking for. But we also saw when Nick was on Andy's season, him and her would just kind of like sit and stare at each other and try and read (laughs) each other's minds. So maybe he is into a little bit of quiet introspection every now and then. She also seems incredibly sweet, but I think the fact that she just, uh, she just seems a little bit of a different archetype than the rest of the girls. Sticks out to me, but the personality thing might come back in the
0: end. <laughs> I, yeah, I think she ultimately doesn't have enough personality for Nick. He likes a feisty woman, as far as I could tell, which I think is why on the two on one, he ended up getting rid of both Whitney and Danielle. Whitney, we don't even need to talk about. Whitney's only spoken in one episode, it was this week, and now she's gone. Peace out, Whitney. Do you have any final words for Whitney? <laughs> No, that's exactly what I said. Who is Whitney? Yeah, Who is this person? When I first looked at the, <laughs> the bios, I thought she had a good chance because she kind of looked like Andy to me. And I think that's why she stuck, a stuck around for so long. He probably just like making out with her. And I'm sure that's all they ever did because she didn't get to speak otherwise. <laughs> um, but then he sends Whitney home in the middle of the two-on-one and she has to suffer the horrible um, stand on the island while the bachelor and another woman fly away, which has happened many a time. Um, and then he spends the rest of his date with danielle l she of the very prominent breasts and this this week continued to be the same she just can't i i don't know what it is i mean they they must be very important to her because she always puts her her boobs front and center and i think it's because she doesn't have a lot of other um verbal gifts and here's here's a little bit of proof nick asked danielle like what's important to her In a relationship other than honesty, like, because Nick assumes that'd be a given. And let me, let's just listen to her answer. Love, trust. Sure. Okay. (laughs) What about you? Simple (laughs) questions. Um, Me? Um. Okay, Danielle. This is tough because (laughs) I want to like Danielle. It's amazing that she's got three of her own nail salons. She is like, you know, seems like she's got some some real business acumen could be a good good future for her but um, apparently she doesn't really know how to discuss relationships whatsoever
1: yeah exactly right that was the straw that broke the camel's back for Danielle L no doubt about it he gave her that alley to say you know two maybe two interesting words about what she thinks about their relationship and she basically said the two words that he said don't say right Um, so (laughs) not the greatest response you can have but I think you're exactly right with regards to the way Nick uh, was going out of his way to be nice about saying, when you stepped out of the the limo, you were one of the ones I wanted to get to know the most, which is code words for saying, I thought you were the hottest one when you stepped out. So I think uh, by her part, to keep playing to that side of uh, Nick answering that question poorly when he already had um, the stone face look on his face. It wasn't going to be good.
0: Yeah, he... He clearly was over her, and I. he seemed like he just wanted to get off the date as soon as possible. One one thing I just want to mention to these women. So, you know, um, he he dumps Danielle in the middle of the date because she doesn't understand what makes a relationship, which is fine. fine. Valid, Nick. I, I support you. Also, like, maybe she's a little bit young for him. Who knows? Then he's like, can I walk you out? And Danielle says yes. Why— Time and again, do these Bachelorette women accept the, like, the escort? I don't understand. He's just dumped you. Say fuck no. <laughs> why do they do that?
1: Yeah, and he is always uh, sure to ask for the walkout, too, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, somebody say no. I thought it was, um I can't even remember who it was right now, perhaps Whitney, that wouldn't uh, really answer him when he was breaking up with her, kind of like making him explain why. He was feeling the way he was. And I don't think that that has necessarily been the case because, you know, nobody really wants to leave a bad taste in somebody else's mouth. So they just say, yeah, you can walk me out. We can have a nice way of saying goodbye to each other, even if I'm really mad at you.
0: It's really it's really true. He he wants to seem like a good guy all the time, but Nick forgets that we we can see his face. <laughs> and when he looks at some <laughs> of these women, he's just so vacant and so clearly so bored. And like I, he just seems kind of sick of being the bachelor by this this point of the season. And I I wonder if that's the case because I like what does he does, does anyone seem like they're having fun on the show right now? Oh, uh, definitely
1: not. And I think that that was uh, why Nick was in tears at the end of the episode. What's you know, going to hang out and play on the beach, you know, smashing some volleyballs around in a forest sounds like a great time, but nobody had fun. And now everybody else is crying. So I guess Nick had to get some cries in as well. It was just uh, it was a fun episode for everybody going on a beach vacation.
0: It's, it really is. Like, I, I'd be pissed. And Vanessa, who has been my favorite this entire time, she is pissed as well and <laughs> Vanessa and Rachel are both like threatening to go home and i i know a lot of people say that Corinne is the show but i think if we were to lose Vanessa or Rachel both of whom um seem really like unhappy with with being in St. Thomas right now that would be a complete capitulation if if one woman was to leave like in the whole house would would come falling down who would that be for you oh
1: interesting question if one i mean the the driving force of a lot of the episodes no doubt is corinne but um i mean vanessa seems to be a little bit of the voice of conscience to me and i think that losing her would be would make the show even more ridiculous make it even more corinne heavy so i think that that like you're saying losing her or rachel they're both kind of uh the force of good on the show i think that could definitely be a problem but any of those three i think are major characters um and one more thing about Danielle M, I just remembered. Like you said, maybe but <laughs> you love Danielle uh, maybe M. Danielle L was too. Hey, I just thought of something. Yeah, Danielle <laughs> L, said maybe was too young. That's another another point in Danielle M's favor. I think she's thirty one, right? She's actually close in age tonight. It seems like yeah, a good match. Uh, life stage one.
0: Yeah, it's true. Danielle M. Uh, Vanessa and Rachel are all thirty-one, I think. So they're like in in the mm. Nick, in the Nick zone, which honestly makes sense. And I, I hate to harp on like age and like make and like be. Like you know, because everyone matures at different rates, but it, it does make a difference. And like you know, you just have have more life. And like I, I, I don't know. I think I think is relevant. I think you are correct about that. I'm really shocked by how much you like Danielle M, though. Like this is this is really a revelation to me. Well, <laughs> I Honestly, I do it.
1: because it's coming off like I'm a big time Danielle M fan. And after last night's episode, uh, she went down a few notches in my book just because you know there wasn't anything really sticking out about her. But I don't know. I've got faith.
0: Sure. Um, I also really like Vanessa because she kept calling Danielle L. D'Lo and I I just like I like when someone really leans into a nickname like that and I was like yeah cool. It seems like you've got a real real bond with her and Vanessa and Rachel both seem pretty popular. There was one shot where um, Rachel uh, is just like sort of like leading the conversation I think with all these different women and then when she reads the date card to them she's kind of like animated about it and I feel like they all like her and it's interesting to see like who the other women like and you haven't heard a bad peep said about um, Danielle M, Raven, Rachel or Vanessa like no nothing bad said about them at all
1: yeah but to be fair you should be able to fly under the radar and Corinne is acting how (laughs) Corinne is acting as long as you don't act that crazy you're going to be able to, to be well-liked as long as you're
0: on the right side. Great point, which um, is a good segue into uh, people who took L's this week. Corinne stays taking L's. This week, um, they set her up for it with an incredibly just an offensive five minutes of this television show where they have a maid come in, and her name is Lorna. And Corinne is extremely excited because she misses her nanny, Raquel, and she like immediately puts Lorna to work and just kind of, like, talks extemporaneously about how much she loves her nanny and how her nanny loves her. And I just was uncomfortable with this. And it's just, like, I get it. Corinne's a bad person, and Corinne has a nanny, and that's weird. But, like, why bring a stranger into this? Like, is it really necessary to have this Lorna five minutes? Like, what is this doing for me? It, it really... I did not think that was cool. Did that strike a chord with you at all?
1: It was kind of strange. It, to me, played out like... This isn't going to be a big Corinne episode, so yeah. let's do something zany to totally. get her another scene, and that's exactly what it was. Um, if there I was don't a... think that Warno was real either. No. She's <laughs> right? no. probably an actress who's doing some stuff.
0: Yeah, no way. Um, if there was a Corinne spinoff show, would you watch it?
1: Uh, I would at least give it a shot. I would <laughs> go a few episodes. I'll be excited when she shows up on Paradise for the next three summers for sure. Oh my God.
0: She's, she's paradise mainstay. She's the new Ashley. I like, she'll probably do something crazy. I'm sure she'll cry. Uh, she's we're not getting rid of Corinne anytime soon. That's, that's for sure. Um, lastly, on this episode, do you think she's
1: panicking at all that she's made it so far in the season. She's one of six remaining now.
0: <laughs> no, I think she's happy. I think she's completely delusional. The thing about Corinne is I don't think she's dumb. I think she's like just somewhat shrewd, but I also think that she like kind of like believes in in her own bullshit, um, mm-hmm. and so I think that she probably like is quite quite pleased. And also, everyone seemed pretty miserable except for Corinne this week. Like Corinne was just the, the same status quo. Which which if I were Nick, I would find comforting. I'm like, yeah, she can just get down with whatever. She's fine. Take her wherever she wherever you're gonna go. It's always the same Corinne. And he just
1: yeah, that's true. She was uh, she definitely didn't seem faith by. Everybody being upset and the general sense of chaos around the house. Perhaps that's what she
0: like. Yeah, she just um, she just seemed like she was comfortable. She she's used to luxury, so she was back in it and it was going great for her. Um, last person we need to discuss is Christina, who had the one-on-one at the beginning of the date. And uh, are you in or out on on, on Christina? Or yeah, that's her name, Christina. Before this episode, were you like into her? What was your vibe on her?
1: Um, I was. I would say ambivalent is probably the right word. Um, I just didn't think she was going to last very long. I didn't think there was going to be really anything to her besides being the quote-unquote Russian girl. Mm-hmm. Um, but then this week was totally different, you know? What a touching story. And to actually hear her go into it and explain all of her background, um, that's tough to do. And I was I was impressed with her. So I don't think it's surprising that Nick would be either.
0: Mm, I was just impressed that... Uh she was willing to share everything on television like you just t- talked about. So basically she explains that she is Russian and when she was four or five, she doesn't quite remember, her Her mother basically um, sort of like banished her from their home. And so she went to an orphanage and she was there for a few years. And then ultimately she was adopted by a family in the U.S. and she moved here and she's been here ever since. And um, she has eight, sibling, eight adopt, uh, adoptive siblings and then one sister back in Russia. It's just like a really like poignant story that was like extremely serious and um just like probably a lot more than nick was expecting to get and i he handled it like okay i would say he i would give him like a a seven and a half out of ten he he clearly wanted to hear all about it and was like sympathetic but i think he also was just like so shocked by it that he didn't really know um like like what the appropriate response is, and honestly, I don't know what the appropriate response is. Like like how do we even talk about this on this podcast in the same context of like discussing you know how drunk they were at beach volleyball?
1: Yeah, it's, he definitely, I'm sure, felt like he bit off more than he could chew. Probably going in, he's like, I need to find out her backstory because clearly she didn't grow up in the United States. Right. There's no way to know that she was going to go into a story about eating lipstick when she was a five-year-old <laughs> and losing her mother because of it. Um, I know. So from that perspective, I think you can't blame him for not really knowing how to respond, but he definitely didn't know how to respond. That was uh, <laughs> I did not envy him being in that situation, Neither trying to, you know, figure out the right way to be a nice guy when somebody just told you uh, a life story you weren't expecting I to hear. I know.
0: Do. And it's sort of like for the show and i'm not sure that they really worry about this but it's like when she has this like on um, sort of just like you know unprecedented backstory is certainly by bachelor standards like do you make a big deal out of it or do you kind of like make it secondary like and it's sort of i actually don't think that you get cast on this show for that kind of story like i don't think they go out of their way and they're like we need someone who was a refugee like we need like a like a heartbreaking story like a someone like danielle m who's um fiance died i think is like a more more likely to catch the producer's eye or ear i suppose than something like this um christina's upbringing but then like once you have her like what's the obligation to discuss it like it's kind of intense and it's sort of like this like this like this outside forces um is it's hard to like negotiate with the bachelor itself <laughs> And I don't, and I well, definitely that right? Like, like
1: what would have happened if he sent her home, you know, in week four or something like right. that? And she never tells the story. So, I That's don't know. True. That kind of story, uh, I know you say she doesn't get cast because of it, but you're expecting to hear that when yeah. <laughs> you know the story. It's just a matter of figuring out the right way to do it. And right. I don't really think there was another time that she was going to be talking about it. So, right. all things considered, not too bad, I
0: guess. Yeah. She kind of like had to have a one on one at that point. Like, hmm. If she's on the show, she has to get the one-on-one. Like she can't just like slide it into a, co- a conversation, like during a cocktail party when they're like, you know, at the dairy farm or whatever, <laughs> wherever. Just not not appropriate. So,
1: I, yeah, exactly. I wonder if it ever came up in the house at all because you, I mean, you would imagine that if they're spending so much time yeah. together. It probably did, and that obviously would have been kept off camera.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I, I think that she she must have told told someone these these women seem like they like each other now christina was in bed at one point like just sort of like they were all um like emotionally hung over and maybe physically hung over and it was christina raven and um whitney all in bed together and i was like oh that's nice like at least they have friends through this now like if they're not just uh out here on their own maybe it made me happy for them oh yeah
1: they definitely seem like they bonded uh, you know we're just chatting about their boyfriend, who all happens to be the same boyfriend.
0: It was cute. Yeah, I I agree with you. And now uh, the the date, dating dating on mass never never gets uh, more normal. Although this 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 season, are what's like what's your grade of the season so far? We're six eps in, so we have like four left plus the mental all I think or something like that. What would grade would you give it thus far?
1: Um, I'll be, I'll go with a standard B. I have a bit of a weird. Bachelor backstory, you always wonder about like somebody who starts smoking in their 30s. You're like, no, <laughs> all the literature out there, it's kind of surprising that you do this. I didn't really start watching The Bachelor until Dez's season. I saw oh. The Right Reasons rap and I was hooked. So I haven't lived through all The Bachelors. So I enjoy Nick. I liked him. I've liked him pretty much every time he's been on the show, so I like that he's actually The Bachelor now. But uh, he seems like... Since he is The Bachelor and he's been on so many times, he knows uh, he knows how things play out. And he knows how things are going to play out on TV. Uh, so from that perspective, uh, it's a little bit of super reality TV to me. But also, he's got a personality. He's easy to read, like you're saying. He has opinions. I've liked it. There's been a lot of Corinne, but um,
0: yeah.
1: all things considered, uh, a good season, I would say.
0: Yeah. I, I'm I'm ready for the for uh this to move on to foreign countries. That's that's what we need here. It's been it's been too local, you know. Let's get out, let's move away from America and and see what Nick does when he's on for, foreign shores. Um <laughs> Yeah, let's see how what he's
1: like out there in the
0: world. Yeah, well, if you recall in Ireland is where things really heated up between him and Caitlin when he when he uh when he snuck her back to his or when he went back to her hotel room. That's when things got really good. So I'm, I'm hoping (laughs) for similar trajectory for this season. Um, Trey, thanks so much for doing this. Tell us where we can catch you or when we can catch you on NBA TV. Uh, Tonight,
1: 7 p.m. Eastern on NBA TV. The starters were on most nights at 7 p.m. And thank you so much for asking me. This was the most fun ever.
0: (laughs) No problem. Uh, Thank you for listening. And I'll be back next week. And of course, thank you to Kopari.